from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Will the starting quarterback for the Washington Commanders, officially official now, please stand up? Yes, I'm talking to Sam Howell. He finally gets to actually stand up when that question is asked rather than going, well, the coaches are going to do it when they, they see fit and I'm just focusing one day at a time. Sam Howe, name the starter by head coach Ron Rivera for the Washington Commanders. Here's Ron doing it earlier today. We talked about that was seeing the growth and improvement from OTAs and minicamp. Then talked about going into training camp and continuing to grow and show us what he's capable of. And uh, we've been very pleased with it to the point where I decided uh, yesterday that we were going to name him the starter going into the regular season. The first thing we have to work on is uh, Ron Rivera holding the microphone closer to his face. Uh, it's crazy how microphones don't work when you hold them sideways down at your, your your waistline and just talk normal. But but if you couldn't hear it, I'll give you the gist. Uh, he's improving, and he's the starter. The commanders are now in a situation where they have to ask themselves, and the commanders' fans, and Sam Howell himself, you have to look around and say, what does success look like for Sam Howell this year in the NFL? Right, Realistic expectations for what he can put on the field this year with this, the, the, the team around him, with the schedule they face, with the coaching staff he's been, been working under. That's the question. And the thing that I think is the most important uh, piece to make sure you're taking into account is the commanders are a situation that Howell can't completely control. There's a lot of, of other, right? You can't, I don't think, you can't put a, st a statistical or a win threshold on Howell because so much is out of his control. I would love to say, like, hey, win seven games or it's a failure. I would love to say throw for 3,000 yards or it's a failure or, uh, you know, have this many touchdowns and this few interceptions or it's a failure. I just don't think that's fair. And I don't think that's that's telling the full story. Biennemi, Eric Biennemi, their offensive coordinator, without Andy Reid and without Patrick Mahomes, we don't know what we're going to get. They don't know what they're going to get. He doesn't know how he's going to react. And if they say they do, they, they're lying because you can't. Ron Rivera's job security. That's a whole other bag of worms to open up at some point in time. But one thing I do know is new owners often want to put in their guys in power positions like head coach. So is Ron Rivera playing for the future of the franchise or is he playing to win right now because he knows he needs to for the job? There's a lot of things that that go into everything surrounding Sam Howell. I love with just everything about the commanders, as I like to say, commandering sometimes. Mm. Sam Howell is going to be thrown <laughs> right into the fire. I mean – Is that like Clemsoning? Sure. Right. Or NC State stuff. Yeah, Whatever, NCAA, however, yeah, yeah. You wanna, however you want to determine it. But when you look at it, for don't don't forget, they play in the NFC East. They got to go against the Eagles, the mm -hmm. Giants, and the Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys – yeah, but some of those are more more uh, uh, threatening than the others. Yeah, uh, but but it's a good point. Um, you know, if if you're not beating the Eagles with how complete their roster is, 
are you holding that against Sam Howell? <laughs> are you holding that against the GM and the front offices of uh, current and past that didn't put together a roster that could compete? Their defensive line, the commanders, uh, again, completely and totally out of Sam Howell's control is does the defensive front live up to its draft capital? For five consecutive years, Washington drafted a defensive lineman or a middle linebacker who's kind of playing outside in Jamin Davis, uh, an off-ball linebacker, we'll call it. For five consecutive years, they drafted either a defensive lineman or an off-ball linebacker in the first round. And their defense, solid, not spectacular. If you're going to use that many first-round picks, it better be the, the steel curtain up there, right? It better be the purple people eaters, the New York Sack Exchange. Better be something with a nickname, right? Does the O-line get it together for a year? If Sam Howell's running for his life, how are we going to hold his completion percentage against him? Does the new owner even want to win? Keep in mind, Josh Harris, who, who's just been put in control of the commanders, he's been out there at every practice cheering on, yay! This is the guy who bought the Sixers and then immediately went into a five-year trust-the-process tank. So he's not above it. And he might be looking at Caleb Williams. He might be looking at Drake May and saying, hmm, wouldn't it be nice? Sam Howell might, not, might be put in a position where they don't even want to win. So how are we going to hold a, a win-loss record against him? It has to be more abstract. I have three things for a successful season, three ways to measure a successful season for Sam Howell. And they're, they're to be completely honest, little little subjective, right? They're they're a little vague, but they have to be because it can't be concrete with with so much out of his control. The first thing is does the eye test say he is better than Taylor Heineke? Taylor Heineke, he he was a, a beloved guy up there, fan favorite, but also I feel like everyone kind of looked at him and said, "Well, he's not really an NFL quarterback." Right? He's not really an NFL starting quarterback. Which, which, you know, kind of the undersized kid brother thing from the fan base. Like, oh, he's fun. He, oh, he's when, when he's electric. But, yeah, I mean, he can't be our guy long term, right? So if, if Sam Howell goes out there and performs similarly, it's a tough look, right? They've set the precedent with how they reacted to Heineke. Number two, if they are losing, are they losing because of Sam Howell? Right? As far as evaluating the quarterback, I go back and forth on this a lot. Win-loss record is not a good way to evaluate just a quarterback, right? To say this quarterback won this amount of games, this quarterback won that amount of games, so this quarterback is better, I'm going, mmm, tough, right? I saw a stat the other day, and it listed, like, so many of the great quarterbacks. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes, just on and on and on. There was probably seven of them. Uh, and all combined, they had four games where their team scored 42 points and lost in their careers. Baker Mayfield has done it three times. He scored his his team scored 42 points and they lost the game. It's like, are you really going to hold those losses against Baker Mayfield the same way you do when a team loses nine six? Right, there's context involved. But if you're losing and the reason you're losing is because of the quarterback. That is fair, right? Because nobody impacts wins and losses more than the quarterback. Usually, like if a if a you know a defensive lineman has a really bad day, well, there's it's still you're not the only reason that they lost. If a quarterback has a really bad day, you might be the only reason you lost. 
And this is coming from somebody who in a college game threw four interceptions. I know what it's like to be the reason why a game lost. So if Sam Howell is out there and like receivers are open and he has time and they're not being completed or he's getting happy feet or whatever it is, if they're losing because of him, then yeah, that's an easy way to say it's not going well. And then the third, and this is the the most tangible way to judge whether Sam Howell had a successful season. Can he win enough games so the commanders are not in a position to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May? Finish anything above sixth worst in the NFL. I'm not, I'm not asking you to make the playoffs. I'm not asking you to win the division. I'm asking you to beat five teams in the entire league over a season and if you do that there's a zero percent chance Caleb Williams or Drake may and probably whoever grows into being the the number three quarterback on that draft board Quinn Ewers Michael Penix uh whoever it ends up being if 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 they can stay out of the top five draft picks I think Sam Howell has a chance to get another run at this thing right and then you then you end up in that Kirk Cousins vortex which is you might just be good enough to keep your job every year right until eventually you're making you know 90 million dollars over three years fully guaranteed or even more than that right you're just yeah and then all of a sudden you're yelling you like that and then you're also being featured on a netflix quarterback documentary about being injured here's how i make up for my comment earlier about the commanders commandering sometimes okay i am undermining the fact that who was the team that snapped the eagles undefeated streak on monday night football last year or in a primetime game wait say, say this again ask the question who, I am undermining the fact that it was the commanders that snapped the Eagles' undefeated mm. streak last season. They have a history of of of, of doing that. They also, uh, the Alex Smith year when he came back from injury and they ended the, I think it was the Steelers were like 12-0 and when they ended yeah. that one. Like they, 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 they can show up for some big games. Eight wins, eight losses, one tie last season. Up and down schedule or up and down record, but sometimes they're due for games where they shot the league. And there's one quarterback that I feel like could lead them into an upset win like that is Sam Howell. I referenced earlier, Wake Forest starting the 2021 mm. season 8-0. Carolina beat them. Of, yeah, that was a lot of Sam, Sam Hartman. 58-55, that was a lot of Sam Howell performance in that game. I, to me, Sam Howell pretty much won that game for them because yeah, exactly. he kept running players over. That's exactly I mean, if you score 55 points, that's a win in the quarterback market, right? Like, I count that as a win when I'm evaluating the quarterback. Unless, again, unless the 58 points all came on pick sixes and stuff, then we'll we'll, we'll reevaluate. Uh, but success, three things for, for Sam Howell this year. Is he, does he look eye test better than Taylor Heineke? If they're losing, make sure they're not losing because of you. Right? Might be in spite of how you're playing or maybe you were just right down the middle. That's okay. Just don't be the reason why losses are accumulating and make sure you're not drafting high enough to pick Caleb Williams or Drake May. Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile Coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast, so you turn all those retro notes into JIRA tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. 
Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Mike Glennon, former starter for State at Quarterback. Uh, he and I host a podcast called Pack Therapy, uh, which you can find anywhere podcasts are found. You can also find it on our YouTube page at 99.9 The Fan, where we dive deep into uh, state football. There will be previews of each game, guests uh, that will help us break down the opponents, uh, the biggest news, the biggest questions will all be handled on Pack Therapy. And uh, episode one is, or was released, I should say, it's out now. Uh, as of midnight this morning. Uh, so check it out. It's an offense preview. All offense. It's a fun one. Uh, we had a good time with it, and uh, and I wanted to highlight some of the things that Mike said on that podcast. But if you want the full conversation, uh, again, go check out Pack Therapy. Uh, Mike, one of the first things I asked him, and it's one of the first questions that are that, that need to be asked about NC State is, especially when you're looking at the offense, is is what happened last year? Right, because their defense, which we'll get to next week on the pod, is or was, I should say, number one in the ACC. Right, when you rate rank all of the the ACC teams and fewest points allowed, the the Wolfpack defense came out number one. So you look at the offense and you say, what happened? Here's Mike's answer to that question. I think it all started with the quarterback position. Devin Leary comes in with very high expectations and honestly wasn't quite living up to him. And mm-hmm. then he had an injury. And then that's when the carousel of quarterbacks started happening. It was Jack Chambers. Then it was MJ Morris. Yep. Then it was Ben Finley. I mean, we saw them all and, and to their credit, MJ Morris did a great job stepping in and, and looked like at the time we thought it, it was going to turn to him this year. Um, ben Flin- Finley comes in against Carolina has a, has a great victory. And then, you know, there's a quarterback up in Charlottesville at this time. It's just crazy, <laughs> this new era of college football, what it is. And now incepts Brendan Armstrong, who transfers here for his sixth year of college football. And anytime you bring in a quarterback in his sixth year, he's going to be the guy. And I know NC State fans are excited about MJ Morris, but I really think this could be the best thing that happens for him. It's all about the quarterback. That's That's, you know... It's it's hilarious because what what is the cliche about football? It's the ultimate team sport. It's the ultimate team sport. You need all 11 guys on offense, all 11 guys on defense. You need special teams. You need the backups. It's the ultimate team sport. Yet so often it comes down to, uh, well, let's look at the quarterback position. Last year, injuries, as as you heard Mike say, Devin Leary wasn't really living up to the the hype. Granted, the hype was very high going into the season. Um you know, what kind of the 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 way I've been describing it is at this time last year, Devin Leary was kind of Drake May. Correct. M- maybe a little bit less pro hype, but he was the preseason ACC player of the year. He had the NFL arm. Everybody was drooling over his, his physical tools. That's what's happening with Drake May right now. That was Devin Leary last year. So So when that doesn't happen, meaning when that kind of hype is put out there, even if he's playing solid, if unspectacular, it kind of takes the wind out of your sails a little bit, right? It's like, wait, I thought you were Superman. That's not that's not how this is supposed to go. And then on top of that, you kind of, you know, 
bing, 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 bing through a whole bunch of quarterbacks uh, rather than, than just that one. It's tough. So, so Brennan Armstrong, A, I don't think the expectations are as high. So it won't be as much of a, of a momentum killer if he doesn't exceed or doesn't succeed at a tremendous level, if he's more solid than spectacular. Uh, and then on top of that, um, you know, he can be more, more stable, right? It's give me 11 games at least of one quarterback starting for NC State, and who knows how last year even turns out. The question is, or the concern is, whoever's at quarterback, are the wide receivers going to be enough to to support them, right? Give them the 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 playmaking they need because, all right, Devin Carter's gone, Thayer Thomas gone for for different reasons, and and uh, there's a little bit, I would say, a little bit of experience lacking at the wide receiver position. I asked Mike if he was concerned about that. I feel confident that they're going to be true competitors in ACC. But if they want to get into that final stretch where they're fighting for an ACC championship at the end of the year when we're in late November, one of these receivers is going to have to step up and become the guy. Right now, they have a bunch of quality ACC players, but there's going to have to be one of these guys. You mentioned Keon Lassane. Is it Porter Rooks? Is it Trent Penix, Mm. the tight end? One of these guys is going to have to step up and become that true go-to receiver that they've had in years past in Emeka Mezzi and Theric Thomas and Devin Carter. When it's third and five and the game is on the line, everyone in the stadium knows the ball is going to this guy. He's going to make the play one-on-one. And right now, none of these guys have shown to be that one. Again, that's a clip from Pack Therapy, the podcast. Check it out. Out now, first uh, episode of the season, talking state football uh, with myself and Mike Lennon. That was Mike Lennon. Um, I thought that was interesting, saying that they needed the the number one. One of these guys had to step up and be a number one when Brennan Armstrong's kind of his, his I don't know, his, his, his the way he got it done when he was at his best at UVA wasn't necessarily having one guy that they they schemed open and forced it to or or made plays individually it was when they had four or five guys that were all capable of you know between 600 and a thousand yards and and he was spreading it out and it truly was like on third down who's going to get the ball well the defense is going to tell me who gets the ball right the one that that is the most open the one that that can find an, uh, a hole in the defense so and that's, by the way, the way Robert and I's offense worked then. Now, Robert and I, as the offensive coordinator, uh, who was with Brendan Armstrong at UVA and is now at State, his offense is multiple, meaning it, it can be a bunch of different things. So, like, you know, don't get me wrong. If, you, if one of those guys wants to become Marvin Harrison Jr., if they want to become a number one, yeah, force them the ball, right? Scheme them open, scheme them open have them beat double teams, do all those sorts of things. But – if none of them develop into a true number one, at least not this year, right? There's some youth. Casey Concepcion, the 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 uh, true freshman who, who got to campus a little early, might have some of those abilities, but he might not be ready to be a number one right now. I think it's it's okay for for this offense to focus on. Let's get four or five guys ready. Uh, four or five guys out there in the route including Jordan Houston, including Trent Penix, including some receivers, and, and let Brennan Armstrong distribute. And this is the year to do it. I feel with NC State fans, they've gotten kind of spoiled each season because they've had veteran players mm. return. I mean, think about how long 
uh, Devin Carter and Derek Thomas are there, two of the guys that they're going to have to replace this season. But you bring up a good point. There's a lot of young players that are coming to this team this year. They do have Trent Pennants coming back, who I would like to see get involved a lot more. I feel like And stay healthy. And stay healthy. I feel like NC State's been lacking a true tight end threat the past couple of seasons. So, yeah, this is a great time for NC State to kind of dish it out to multiple players, especially with this Robert and I offense coming in this year. And finally, because we had to have some fun, uh, at the, the end of the pod, we talked about the improvements coming to, to PNC Arena and also the area surrounding PNC Arena and Carter-Finley Stadium. Uh, and we talked about the three to 5,000-seat music venue that is on the way. And, and uh, I mentioned to Mike that we've talked with some of the planners, and uh, they mentioned that with this music venue, you can now have a concert on the same day as a Canes game or on the same day as a Wolfpack football game. So I asked Mike, I said, hey, I said, hey, you get to be a tailgater now, right? You're not a player running out there into Carter Finley. You get to pick the lineup. You get to pick the musician for an afternoon concert when there's a night game coming up in Carter Finley. Who are you choosing? This was Mike's answer. I mean, the first person that comes to mind is the the Garner native, the the NC State guy, Scotty McCreary. I mean, of course, we, we, I don't think we could go wrong with that. I think that'd be a great way to kick off, uh, you know, a, a, a game is go see a little Scotty perform a little, and then walk, you know, a few hundred yards over to your your tailgate spot, and then head into the game. You know, that's what you, you, you mentioned is that there's you know more possibilities of, of things to do like that. When I played for the the Jaguars, they actually have a small amphitheater attached to the stadium which is attached to the indoor facility Hmm. um and there would be events there pretty often that we would see them setting up for so i think the the opportunities are endless of what they can turn this into how about it scotty mccreary i feel like he's got to be the 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 inaugural but then you can get a little bit more creative right get jake owens back jake jake owen he he could fill a three thousand to five thousand seat stadium uh I think Scotty should be the first. He should kind of do the ribbon cutting because he's such a such a state guy. But after that, I want to see uh, throw a rock band, throw throw a, a hip hop artist, throw a country artist, like mix it up all day leading up to uh, a big game at night. I think it could be a really cool atmosphere. Uh, this is the drive with Tim Donnelly. Those were clips from the Pack Therapy podcast. If you want all of Mike's thoughts and mine on uh, the state offense heading into this year. Check it out. Everywhere podcasts can be found and on our YouTube page at 99.9 The Fan. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.